The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How is your work life going? Business? Home? Social? How about your health? Could you make some changes? Of course you could, but how and where to start? This is Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. In this program, we'll help you identify and make the changes in your life that need to be made, and by doing so, increase your potential for success. And now, here's your host, Hemda Mizrahi. Welcome to Turn the Page. I'm Hemda Mizrahi. According to a 2015 survey of the Association of Foreign Investors in Real Estate, foreign investment in U.S. real estate is on the rise, with New York City topping the charts not just nationally but also internationally. The survey indicates that New York City outranked London, Los Angeles, Berlin, and San Francisco as the top destination globally for foreign investors. The association's CEO, Jim Fetketer, identified economic turbulence around the world and the global perception of the U.S. as the safest place in which to invest as factors driving investment activity. Data from Real Capital Analytics cited in a January 2016 International Business Times article states the following. Since the financial crisis, foreign investment in U.S. real estate has skyrocketed with $87.3 billion worth of deals completed in 2015, up from less than $5 billion in 2009. Manhattan properties scooped up $23.5 billion, or 27% of 2015's foreign dollars. Given both the international demand for properties in New York and the complexities of this unique marketplace, today's episode brings you expert advice on both buying and selling New York City real estate. We'll provide guidance for domestic and international investors. Our experts in residence are Jerry Kendrick and Arthur Courant of CORE, a boutique real estate brokerage firm that specializes in the New York City market. Jerry and Arthur offer their complementary talents as business partners who guide and support global clients in optimizing the results of their investment decisions and also the management of their properties. Arthur, thank you for joining us. Hemda, thank you for having us. Jerry, I'm thrilled for you to be here as well. I am so happy to be here. I'd love to start out by talking about what makes New York City such a unique market. Well, let's talk about the whole gestalt of New York City first. And that is because it's such a cultural, financial, and artistic hub of the world that it attracts so many diverse sorts of people who want to experience all of that. Translate that to the diversity of the New York City real estate and mainly Manhattan real estate market. And you're really talking about properties that range from $300,000 to well over $100 million. Again, a huge diverse range. Uh, Aside from which, New York City has some of the most stringent requirements of any um, metropolitan area in how to 
uh, impact sales. And with that, um, it's not only following uh, federal and New York State guidelines, but also following the New York City um, human rights guidelines. And on behalf of um, CORE, I'd like to share that CORE and its brokers, agents, and representatives abide by all fair housing, which is tremendously important, uh, and New York City human rights laws, in addition to New York State uh, regulations. Both Jerry and I are long-standing members of the Real Estate Board of New York, which is the um, oversight uh, corporation for many, many real estate brokers in New York City. It sounds like then, as we know the nature of New York, diversity is an underscoring, distinguishing factor, as you mentioned, given the range of pricing and options that are available and the cultural diversity, that essentially there's something for everyone here. There is, and that's the wonderful thing about New York, depending on the, you know, New York is, is a city of small towns. There are so many different neighborhoods, and each of them offers something unique for people who explore that. If, if you're an artist, you might want to live downtown. If you're in the entertainment business or in the theater, you want, might want to live in Midtown or uptown, if you're a financial person, you might want to live in the financial district or Tribeca. So there's a tremendous diversity of neighborhoods as well as properties for people to look at and buy. Aside from this element of diversity, which is big, it makes New York what it is, are there any other special factors that make New York a unique market for real estate? Um, I think that it's, it's unique in that you can really look at the range of pricing is, is so widespread that we have clients, we had a client from Buenos Aires who bought a wonderful $300,000 studio and we have clients from elsewhere in Europe who are looking at eight and nine million dollar properties. I think that, that the fact that you can find something that suits you and gives you an opportunity to live in New York is what makes it so unique. I know you also mentioned the housing laws are fairly stringent on the city level and the state level as well. Definitely. Um, uh, the national fair housing laws um, are, are um, more defined in New York City, and so there are a lot more protected classes here. So, um, but, you know, that's how our goal is to treat everybody fairly and, um, you, know, you know, present all housing to everybody. You've also mentioned in conversation a distinguishing factor in the New York market is the ratio of condos relative to co-ops, which brings us to strategies around buying as both a domestic and international investor. Right. Well, you know, um, New York City, and I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, 80% are co-ops. And co-ops is a, is a unique term to a lot of people outside of the city and, you know, outside of the country. Uh, We can get into it later, possibly, but um, the co-op process is very unique as it's really a vetting process for potential buyers into a co-op building. And it's also a corporation. So there are differences between co-op and condo. So there's about 20% condominiums and 80% co-op. But the co-op, the fact that it's 80% co-op basically holds up values in uh, New York because um, 
because the buyer is vetted financially, um, they're less apt to be speculators and investors, you know, who, you know, just want to buy and rent it out. Co-ops want people to live there, correct? Well, as you mentioned earlier, Hemda, that um, the return on investment in New York City real estate has held up over time and continues to hold up. With co-ops, that's one of the reasons, because one, the vetting process is more stringent than banks for of giving financing, but also because you're dealing with a corporation, it looks at how people fit into that particular environment. And I want to point this out, it's purely financial. That's how we look at it, because, you know, there are certain debt-to-income ratios within, that they look for and certain liquidity post-closing. So we're really looking purely financial when we're vetting, so to speak. What implications does that have for the international investor? Well, um, the international investor, well, New York City, I think, is a great investment. It definitely, I mean, it, nothing's definite, but long-term investment in New York City is great. You look at you know, historical data, um, it, it's just, it just tends to go up long-term. So if you're going to maximize your ROI, your return on investment, I mean, try to hold property long-term. Yeah, that's, that's important. And they, but the co-op market holds the New York City. It's, it's a more of a stable environment. Do you know what I'm saying? Because the New York is uh, it's solid. You know? Well, also, I mean, New York, uh, again, talking about the uniqueness, New York offers the range of properties that people can live in as a, a first uh, a, per, a permanent residence or they can buy a condo and rent it out for investment purposes or buy a new development to see how that works for investment purposes so for an international buyer or investor there are different ways of looking at it if somebody's moving to New York they may want to live in a co-op but they need to be vetted financially if somebody's looking for investment or a more short-term residential opportunity, then they would look at a condominium or a new development and see what works best for them. So again, as Jerry said, it's really how they're vetted financially and what their objectives are. But I will have to say too, uh, just real quickly, um, that the, the condominium buildings um, beyond new development, uh, they are vetting their buyers more and more strictly these days. And so there's this narrowing between co-op and condo, that process, that vetting process. So it seems from your comments that a lot of it really has to do with the purpose of the purchase. If a person wants to live in it, the co-op can be a very sound investment and great long-term investment. If you're looking really for an investment property, the condominium is more a more suitable option, although now condos are now vetting <laughs> from yeah. a financial standpoint more stringently than they used to. Right, but while they're vetting more stringently, um, there's still opportunities because the the difference for people who don't really know that a co-op, as Jerry said, is a corporation and you own shares that allow you to live in the apartment. A condo is real property, so you actually own the apartment, which means that you can 
if you want to rent it out as an investment property, it's a little more difficult in some cooperatives to do that. If we look at the buying process, and both of you have worked with many international buyers and many domestic buyers, Correct. what kind of advice overall would you give if you could offer a scenario as an example of working with an international buyer and how you took them to the process and the kinds of suggestions you may offer for those who are listening and might be first-time buyers? Well, um, really very important, uh, you know, the, the foreign investor um, should be really concerned about hiring professionals to represent them. Number one, a real estate broker like we are, um, a CPA that can understand the tax, tax laws in the United States and also their own home country. And, um, and, and if they're financing, start lining up you know, lenders that, that have programs that, that do have foreign lender loan programs. So um, you know, the, the domestic buyer um, you know, doesn't necessarily have this, you know, the, you know, someone who's a U.S. citizen. Um, but the tax implications, how are you going to hold title, that's very important. And uh, you'll seek uh, counsel from an attorney for that. So you need a, a team of a, a CPA, broker, and real estate attorney that really understands the U.S. laws as well as the home country laws. So it's just lining up these, these people who could be your, on your team to, so that you are, number one, qualified to buy and, and you understand what you're getting into. I know that in the United States, pre-qualification is important for a mortgage. How does that work with international buyers? Is it the same process also where they would get pre-qualified? Well, in today's market in New York City, because demand is certainly uh, exceeding the amount of availability of properties, it's very crucial to get all of your paperwork lined up and know that if you're going to try to finance, that you have the financing in place before you make an offer. Because you can lose out if you don't have the financing in place. So it seems like some of the underlying points are it's a hot market to invest in, great for long-term value, there's something for everyone, and you really need to get a team together to help you navigate the entire process. Exactly. The legal issues, the tax issues, right. and also really honing in on what kind of investment is going to be most compatible for you. Exactly, and you need to know, have your ducks in a row before you come and invest. We have a couple of minutes left before we need to go to commercial. What else would you add from a buying standpoint that you think is important? Well, I think when you're dealing with um, international uh, clients, one of the most important things is to really understand the culture from, that they're coming from and treat that with respect and understanding of how the buying process may be so different in that country that you want to make sure they, you take them through the process of how it all works. Well, here's something very interesting that um, not all countries where you don't have to be a, an, an agent or a broker to do a real estate transaction. So um, foreign investors should know that we are licensed, we are held to certain standards, and um, you know we have to have continuing education. So at the, they need to know that we, we are licensed and held to higher standards. And also understand the ins and outs of the New York City market. 
Exactly. Which can be really formidable. And you know what, and the, the whole process in general, we, we, we aim to make sure they know how it's done between buyer and seller, you know, the, you know, and you know, what you need to do in order to present an offer and so forth. So there's a different process here in New York uh, versus even the United States, but even different from other countries. It's an interesting point that you're making that even within the same country and let alone though within the same city, because you've been really underscoring the point about diversity, that certain buildings in Manhattan or other, some of the outer boroughs may have a little bit of a different process than others. So there are a lot of intricacies that you're navigating within our even one borough of New York. Well, again, it goes back to the different kinds of properties and also what somebody's objectives are and what they're looking for as an investment, especially for someone from another country. Thank you. We're going to take two for a quick commercial. When we come back, Arthur and Jerry will share strategies for securing the best return on your investment when you sell New York City real estate. Stay with us to learn more. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. Welcome back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined by Jerry Kendrick and Arthur Coran of the real estate brokerage firm Core. Arthur and Jerry talked about some facets that contribute to the appeal and uniqueness of the New York City market. They also provided guidance for both international and domestic buyers. This segment will focus on helping you to secure the best return on your investment if you're seeking to sell your property. Jerry, I'd love to hear 
advice you would give for both international and sure. domestic sellers? Sure. Sellers. Well, um, really, there are a lot of things that overlap between domestic and you know, you know, foreign investors. Um, mainly, uh, one of the most important things is pricing. Um, we are in the market, even though there's huge demand for properties in, uh, in, in New York, um, in there, you know, people will not overpay, obviously, you know, they just, so it's very important to price the property as correctly as possible, you know, and, um, and also presenting the property. If it, the property seems to be you know, staging, you know, meaning decluttering and so forth, um, that's very important because the, the buyer has to be able to imagine their own things in that property. So it's presentation, pricing, and marketing. I mean, that, that, that's our job as brokers in creating the market for that particular property. And in terms of the staging process, then you also advise your client on how best to present their property. Yes, exactly. Um, I mean, we have, I mean, we personally, every seller we have, you know, uh, domestic or foreign investor, we recommend staging uh, because, uh, in, you know, it's historical data says that, you know, they get better prices with it than without it. Um, it's just overall presenting the property in the best light, decluttering, um, you know, bringing in the professionals, the stagers. I mean, we, we are somewhat, you know, real estate, I mean, we're stagers slash brokers. Um, but at the same time, we work with a team um, at core of professional stagers, marketers, designers, photographers, so that a seller's property is presented in the best possible light and to the broadest possible audience with the most appeal. Uh, as well, you know, once you get that property staged and priced correctly, as Jerry said, pricing is the key. We have, there are very savvy buyers out there. Everybody thinks they are watching million-dollar listing while they're going through it. Mm -hmm. And uh, really what happens is that uh, somebody will come in and say, oh, I don't like the wall color. And you're always amazed, but everything presented in a neutral phase, once that's done and priced correctly, then we begin the marketing process. For international, we like to not only do New York and national marketing, but we do international marketing as well. So the broadest possible audience can see a property available. And, you know, also going back to the uh, foreign investor, um, you know, we talked about when the foreign buyers come in, they need to have the team ready and they need to know, uh, you know, tax implications. Once you sell, what happens? What are the laws? So it's important to like revert back to that CPA that can advise you on, you know, exactly what's going to happen, what's going to unfold. So we as brokers cannot get into details about tax taxation and we as brokers cannot talk about law, but we can guide you to the professionals that can help you. It sounds then that that's one thing that distinguishes the domestic seller from the international seller, those specific laws and tax implications. Exactly. It's probably the major distinguishing factor for a seller, whether they're international or domestic, in that they have to know and, and share with the CPA 
their country's laws as well. I mean, somebody may be selling a property and wanting to buy another property, which takes into account a whole other aspect of the selling and then buying process. But I want to say that, you know, of course, domestic buyers with their capital gains and so forth, they need to consult their CPA as well, their tax professionals. But um, I think what's important to know is that, you know, the the CPA or an attorney that the foreign investor uses really has should know the laws in their home country. That's kind of different. You know, that's a, a different layer that you have to be concerned with. You talked also about pricing in terms of the methodologies that are used for pricing because it's very interesting when we're dealing really in a global context yes. that we're pricing properties. Well, the issue, of course, is even though we're dealing in a global context, is you're dealing in the New York City market. And the only the best way to look at pricing is to look at the comparables of that particular property and what has recently gone into contract, what's on the market as active, and what has closed as a sold property, and look at the pricing structures for all of those. So we spent a lot of time and research for each property to make sure that we looked at neighborhood comparables for those particular apartments. As you were mentioning for buying, then it's a very precise approach. Exactly. What about staging? You mentioned that it's very interesting how you can have someone come in and some people can really envision total changes. They can walk into a place that needs to be totally redone and fall in love with it. Well, I have to tell our experience is that most people do not know how to envision (laughs) it. (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, so we just tried to make kind of neutralize the the space, the environment to just help people envision their own belongings uh, in that home. Um, and plus it it's important to maximize space. You know, in New York City, you know, we every little square inch counts, right? And uh, so it's just decluttering and just uh, presenting the space in the best light. There are a couple of other aspects to the staging process um, that I think are interesting in that if you're if we have a view apartment, you want to make sure people can approach that view and look at it. So you may need to have furniture moved or removed from the apartment altogether. It may be that somebody's furniture really doesn't work with the style of the apartment, at which point that's kind of the... I would say the most extreme staging where you remove all the furniture and we bring in furniture and set it up in a a neutral but very appealing way so the largest possible audience can envision living there. And there have been times where we have actually emptied out apartments with all the furniture furnishings and refurnished it with new furniture and it's a completely different look altogether. Which we're doing right now. In Which fact, we're doing right now as we speak. Morning, the contractors <laughs> are coming to start refurbishing a beautiful apartment, um, and we're going to totally have it staged. Which is like part of the joy of this process because we we love, you know, um, taking a space that might be perceived as mediocre and turning it into like this grand palace. I mean, really, that's our our goal, and that process is so 
fulfilling, really. And, and again, just to bear in mind that whether it's an international seller or a domestic one, our goal is to achieve the highest possible price for them, for their property. We have found that when staging is required, if you do a unique staging, that it, it is, gives a tremendous return on investment, even for the staging costs. I mean, yes, the, the, the cost of the uh, staging, you realize the return in multiples. It seems that the point that you're underscoring is that you're really helping the person to see the potential of the property. Exactly. And to be able to see themselves in it and optimize their perception of the functionality. It has to be understood that it's a commercial kind of proceeding, but also we understand the emotional context that a seller has to their property and understand the emotional context that a buyer has to looking at a property. And we want to provide the best experience for both the seller in, in making it an easy transition for them and for the buyer to imagine how their best life can be in a property. So speaking about that connection between the buyer and the seller, how do you go about qualifying buyers and then navigating this process of getting different bids? Well, you know, it's very, like we said, everything's really focused on the financial uh, because in co-ops, they look for certain, you know, debt-to-income ratios and liquidity post-closing. So whenever we, if we're representing a seller, uh, we, and any bids that come in, we require financial statements, pre-approvals for mortgages, and um, other terms of their offer. Um, so that way we can like, lay it all out in front of the seller and discuss each, each offer as it is. And, so, um, and really, we look at, at in both co-ops and condos the same way, really, uh, especially if somebody's financing because, you know, that's, it's not an all-cash all deal. It's kind of different. Uh, it's it's a faster process, number one, but you don't you in cash deals you bypass that lender aspect, you know, obtaining financing, which can sometimes be challenging. They ask, it's not easy anymore to it's not a slam dunk to get financing anymore. Different re- the regulations and requirements, and also even though um, it really is more germane to a buyer. When we deal with new development, we just sold a property that was originally new development that we bought for a particular client, and then he was the first person to sell in that building. Because of that aspect, when you're looking at at new development after you purchase in, selling can be a challenge for the first person. And so we need to look at that and make sure that there's going to be bank approval and financing approval for that as well. Right. The, the wheels are greased for the more established buildings. Right. So for the newer constructions, and you, you still have to establish all of those structures for the process to go smoothly. There's a whole different process for buying into new developments, such as, you know, a lot of them uh, don't uh, allow financing contingencies, a lot of require more of a down payment than your typical 20% for a co-op. It used to, back in the day, or in resale, uh, back in the day, condos, I mean, it was at one point 10% requirement down payment. 
But these days, to try to get financing with 10% down could be challenging for some people. Which, um, which is impactful to a buyer, as, a seller as well, uh, in that they need to know that whoever is looking to buy their apartment can qualify for both, whether it's um, the building or for a mortgage. And also bear in mind that for uh, financing, buildings have to be qualified by the financial institutions as well. That's very important. That's one thing we don't even think about. The, the number one thing is the building because if something has um, a, like a low percentage of owner occupancy, that could, that could be a challenge. And it could be a challenge for the seller to try and and market their property if they don't have a lot of financial institutions still willing to lend to that building. It seems like there are a lot of areas then of due diligence. Then it comes, of course, you, you need to buy before you can sell. So coming back to the buying aspects that have to do with making your property easy to sell, you have to really explore that. How easy is it going to be to sell if you're looking at it as an investment? That's true. I mean, certainly... Uh, you know, one hopes that every property is easy to sell, but some have some unique challenges to them, especially in the uh, lower price points. But as well, even in the higher ranges, you know, there are, there are some challenges, whether there's uh, a glut on the market in specific areas or a certain size apartments. Uh, right. So we, obviously we cannot predict the future. But you know, our goal is to try to uh, help the buyer identify areas that might be experiencing growth. And uh, New York City, as we know, is growing day by day, and uh, I mean, it's just you know new development everywhere. Um, so, you know, we just do our best to try to you know uh, help them and learn the, about different areas. You and, know? and at the same time, we want to make sure that we help the seller understand the process of selling and maximize their investment to get the highest return, whether they're uh, international or domestic and looking to sell for whatever reason they're and, selling. And frankly, you know, we've had a lot of return business. We've sold properties for bought two buyers and we've ultimately sold the, the properties with the, our client as the seller. So everything we've, you know, that's great about this business. You know, you meet people, you, you form long-term relationships and then, you know, you hopefully sell it for them at a huge profit. It brings to mind also that you could have 20 people who are interested in a property, and it seems that the lens that you bring to it, you're able to really distinguish what the offers really are. Because, right, by the time that you get down to all of those filtering processes, you may have five people who are really going to be viable for them to yeah, purchase that property. Exactly. I mean, it may, uh, the the accepted offer may not be the highest bid. Do you know what I mean? It's just really about the whole package. Who is going to get through that co-op board? Uh, who is, you know, more likely to get that financing? Uh, so it's really we really try to use our experience with you know financially qualifying. And also, who's the best candidate for a seller? Because the seller's objective is to really market that property as quickly as possible, unless they have a specific time frame in mind. So we want to make sure that everybody is qualified to purchase from a seller. 
Exactly. Thank you both. We're going to go to a quick commercial. When we return, Jerry and Arthur will talk more about how you can achieve the best possible investment outcomes. We'll be right back. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to one 866 472-5790 That's 1-866-472-5790 Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com Now, back to Turn the Page We're back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined by Arthur Corrant and Jerry Kendrick of the New York City real estate brokerage firm Core. Arthur and Jerry made some wonderful points that really underscored the process through which they work with a client to help them to arrive at the best possible choice in relation to their goals and their time parameters. And what I was hearing also in the comments that both of you made is that you really help people to understand what they can realistically achieve. Well, that's true. I mean, you know, people go in, people go in with, um, expectations and then the reality of the New York City real estate market hits them. And so our main goal for both a buyer and a seller is to help them manage their own expectations. And uh, one point that I can uh, make about that is for when we deal with new buyers or any buyer for that matter, we have a unique um, kind of guide that we've created with an industrial psychologist and it's called the buyer property personality survey what it does is it really helps people look at the emotional reasons that they're buying rather than the physical or financial reasons we've already qualified how much they want to spend what they can realistically get and a perfect example is we had a a first-time buyer very recently who had moved into new york city from Washington, D.C., 
and he contacted us. We went through the survey with him, which is six pages. It's pretty fun. People like doing it. We analyzed it, and then we took them out. We showed him five different properties within his price range. He said he could have bought any one of the five. We just sent his application in for a lovely condo uh, on the west side, and I'm sure that he'll be in that apartment before the end of May. It's a very interesting tool that you're talking about, the emotional reasons. It's just like any other purchase, right? Some, and this is a big one, though, so you certainly don't well, want to enter. Well, let's face it, you know, buying real estate is probably the largest purchase anyone will ever make on average, right? We listen to the buyer, uh, you know, coming into the market, you know, from out, outside of the city. It's a very different experience than, let's say, buying in Ohio versus buying in New York City. Kind of, you know, setting up, I mean, educating on the differences, so, um, you know, but there are times when people will come in and, you know, they have a budget in mind of, let's say, $500,000. And by the time Arthur gets finished with them, they've spent like $1.5 million. <laughs> Watch out for Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm with them every step you know, of the way. You know, it's really understanding the, uh, the customer and really listening. And, um, and you know what? Reality sets in. Uh, New York City is is growing in, in terms of value and sale, you know, the average sales price and so forth. So, you know, um, people realize that, yeah, I may have to spend a little money, more money to get that two-bedroom on the west side. But, you know, we, we edu- slowly educate about the process, you know, kind of set up, you know, reality and, you know, in this market. Um, but... We try to make it as you know, an enjoyable process as possible. What can I say? It is. It's. I mean, whether you're dealing with, with the exception of buying a new development, which is a little different and easier because the process is short circuited a little bit, or a shortcut. Whether it's a condo or a co-op, it's an involved process. And we're with the people every step of the way. We send them notifications of what's due when so they can be aware of what's coming up. Because, you know, you don't want to be surprised to hear you need to come up with X money or referral letters or anything else that's part of the process. And um, just another story about that is we had uh, clients from London and uh, they were looking at... um, buying in Tribeca, a condo. And we looked and looked and looked for about four months. They would fly back and forth and we couldn't find anything. And so I said, let's get you a rental down there and then we'll look once you're in because they knew they had to be in New York at a certain time. And so we got them a beautiful rental. I would say it was $24,000 a month, but it's still a beautiful rental in Tribeca. As soon as they moved in, we started to look. They had really targeted, because of the survey we had done, a specific building. And we went out and got them a wonderful loft in that building that they were thrilled to be able to purchase. So it's really, as Jerry said, listening and walking them through every step. It makes a lot of sense that you want to invest a lot on the front end of buying real estate in the sense that you're going through this process that's going to, it's such a big sea over here. 
Yes. And if you go through this process of doing a very detailed screening to feel complete with what you're looking for as a team, then it helps you also to be patient. In this case, you offered an interim solution. Right. Since the couple felt so good about what you were aiming for, they needed a little bit of time before they could actually find that. Which is, we, we never uh, want to make the, the buyer feel rushed because after all, it's their money, you know, and, and, and the, if there's that interim solution, such as renting for a year and really kind of exploring the different neighborhoods of New York, I mean, that's, that's what a lot of people do, actually. I mean, we would even recommend it, you know, we, it, it, but, you know, eventually, you know, with our suggestions and how we guide them, you know, people generally stick with us, they're loyal, um, just a little self-plugging there, but uh, but but it's it's important not to rush the buyer making these this life. They're basically life decisions. It's the and the, it's, and the largest investment most people will make. And as uh, another example to that, we had a, a kind of a client who was selling because he needed to sell for family reasons, and at the same time looking to buy. And so we helped him market and sell his very large apartment and then found him a new development uptown that he was thrilled to have and a beautiful property. His circumstances changed soon after he bought it, about a year after he bought it, and he contacted us to sell it, and which we then went in and said, we have to stage it, as we talked about before, we had a stager in. We moved all the furniture out. We staged the apartment. We maximized everything. We had an event at the property for brokers all over New York City so they could see the property. And we then sold it for them and then placed him in a rental while he decides what to do next. You're describing a process then. Oftentimes, it's, you're not talking about a one-shot deal, and that speaks to the importance of having the team it seems, as you mentioned, exactly. because you just never know what's going to come up. And there are all kinds of transitions involved, different, so many different pieces that you're managing. You know, in fact, there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle. Um, we, for any given transaction, I mean, there's so many things involved. Um, but we do have a process to manage that. And, um, you know, for us being in the business for years, you know, we're used to it by now. But, you know, it's just... We have our, our systems in place to achieve these goals you know, for both the buyer and seller. And, and talking about the process for a minute, it underscores the reason for really working with a real estate broker, a licensed real estate broker in New York. As Jerry said, elsewhere in, in the world, you may not need to be licensed. Here we have licensing um, exams and continuing education, but it's important because one, we know the properties that are available and we know what's right for a person. We know the process they're going to have to go through. We know how to have them reach out to get the right team for them in a real estate attorney and an accountant. All of the things that are important, whether they're a domestic buyer or seller or an international one and we deal with a lot of international people and helping them find whether it's an attorney who not only understands their country's needs but uh, and the requirements but also may speak their language and you know I think it's important that um, to what 
what differentiates us brokers from, say, the online webs, you know, the real estate sites, and uh, you know what we can offer are relationships, relationships with other brokers um, to get information about properties perhaps coming on the market. Uh, we we know about certain buildings. We know the certain requirements. What a buyer should be prepared to offer up. Um, so there are so many things that the online sites do not have that cannot offer that we as brokers can. What advice would you give to someone about finding the broker that's right for them? Just call us. Well, would you say even, but would have you ever assessed that sometimes there's not a compatibility with every client? I have to say, I was just about to say that um, (laughs) you know it it is like I said relationships and it's very important in my opinion that the the broker and the buyer seller get along simple as that Um, after all in, in the buying process you spend a lot of time together so, I mean, you want to have fun. And one thing I will say that in most of our, our uh, testimonials that people write for us is like what that is definitely one thing they all say that is like that whole process was fun. And it's less, less of a factor when you're representing a seller, but when you're buying, you know, you, you really want to have fun in the process. To answer your question, if we really feel we're not getting along with someone, um, and normally that would be in the buying process rather than the selling process because, after all, other brokers come and make pitches to sellers all the time. And because of the whole buying process, there may not be a lot of loyalty. We know that the way we work with our people, they stick with us. And if we feel that we're not compatible, We'll, have, we'll introduce them to another broker because ultimately it's making the client happy about the entire process and getting them into a place they love. You know, as you said before, it's the most important financial uh, aspect of their lives, but also it's home and you want to have that feeling that you want to be there and not that you've just, not that you've just come into a place to buy something. I appreciate what you're saying, that it's essentially a, a deep experience. And that's at least how you approach it. And that's the reason I invited you to be on the show today. <laughs> Thank you. Because I really appreciated the fact that your style is very personable and very caring and supportive. And I think from an integrity point of view, considering that that can be a real conflict for people deciding who to choose, that it's, it was important to portray what's possible in a, in a relationship between a client and a broker. Well, we also believe in ultimate transparency and, and letting people know where everything is. And I think that that you know, aspect of the clarity and transparency is very helpful for both a buyer and a seller. I mean, we, we strive to be an information source, you know, an authority on the market. Um, and, you know... Uh, we just integrity that the word you just said was is rings very loud for me and and how i do my business and i'm you know with arthur as well and it's a mandate of core by the way uh, integrity and transparency so the underlying message we'll leave you with is that 
we're looking at this from the standpoint that goes way beyond transactional and that delves into quality of life. Whether you're an investor, you're looking, if you're looking for an investment property or if you're looking for a property to live in, there's still so many aspects of it that involve a lot of management, right? Even an investment property that you'll want to rent, that's something that you would get involved with as well. Yes, and it's important for us as brokers to offer opinions. And um, it is just that opinion. Uh, everyone's different. Uh, but, you know, we are there to um, offer up information about various neighborhoods. Um, uh, for sellers, we're offering up different marketing strategies. So, um, and, and for investors, we do um, help them find properties that they know they will be able to rent easily and for a good return. At least we try. That's our goal. We think that's important. We manage some properties for some overseas investors to make when their leases come up and everything. So they know that it's still in good hands all the way through. Well, thank you for shedding such mm-hmm. colorful light on the different aspects of buying and selling, whether you're domestic or if you're investing internationally. This has just been so informative. And I love the stories that you shared because I think that it, it helps everyone somehow find themselves in these experiences. Well, thank you. Well, thank you very much for having us, Hinda. If you'd like to reach out to Arthur and Jerry of the Kendrick Quarant team at CORE, you can do so through the CORE website, CORE, C-O-R-E-N-Y-C dot com. You can also connect with them and explore their active listings through their Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Kendrick Quarant team. That's K-E-N-D-R-I-C-K. K-O-R-A-N-T, team. And if you have unanswered questions about today's episode, please email them to me at hosthemda at gmail.com. We'll post responses through our social media sites, which you can access by following me on Twitter at Hemda Mizrahi and liking us on Facebook at Turn the Page Radio. Until next week, remember to make the grass greener where you are. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, inviting you to turn the page. Thank you for tuning in to our program. Turn the Page can be heard live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, enjoy your weekend and make one change in your life before then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.